started going down department stores, literally looking at who are all the brands that they carry and how many of those brands are designers of color and realized that less than 1% at the time were designers of color. And I was like, okay, this is it. I have to at least try to be a part of the solution. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to You Have to Wear Something. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more responsible in December and record a little bit more, even though I know you all are all traveling for a holiday. So merry, merry, whatever you celebrate, or if you're just catching up with loved ones and you haven't seen them since before the pandemic. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm excited because I have my really great friend from Nashville, Tennessee, from Chicago, from the Bronx, multifaceted Black creative, Quentin Roper-Servant. Welcome back to the show. Hi, Nicole. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here, especially for this topic. Yes. Yes, yes. And what is the topic you say? Well, and just like that, Sex in the City is back. For those of you who watched it back in the day, you understand the true impact of the show culturally for unheard women everywhere. And of course, for Patricia Fields' iconic looks for Carrie, Miranda, Charlotte, and Samantha. Um, it's always weird when you meet people who say, oh, I've never watched the show, but apparently um, Sex and the City is the reason you moved to New York. Isn't that right? Oh, yeah. I'm not even gonna pretend like I had a valid reason for coming to New York. It was Sex and the City was a was a, a very great marketing campaign for the city of New York. And as a result, I've done 11 years here and now I'm ready to move. You should have to watch that before you move to New York. Like that should be required viewing. Yeah, like no Seinfeld. I don't think Seinfeld did it justice. For some reason, Sex and the City kind of, it's like a multimedia brochure of fashion, the city, dating, culture. It, it was very phenomenal in that way. Yeah, you know, you know what I didn't like as um, the ladies got older and time passed, um, all of this backlash about their age, even with the last two movies, people were like, they're too old, they're too old. It's like, well, are we all supposed to die at 20 or 25? Like, I, I don't understand what's going on here. Like, we spend most of our lives as adults and God willing, we're gonna get older. Like too old for what? Too old to live in a city and have sex? Probably, I, I don't know. People, I, I think people make bad decisions in their lives and they become bitter as a result. And so when they see other people living their lives, they wanna kind of police them. No, thank you. Yeah, and it's, I, I don't know, I always feel this a little bit more intensely for women, the ageism, ageism, like, you know, all of these terms about women are being like spoiled milk, you know, after 40 and all that other kind of stuff. Like, it's just all so, so ridiculous. People are, people in nursing homes are having sex. Let's see. Are getting <laughs> it in in those nursing homes. Like, people in nursing homes are fucking. Like, <laughs> they're getting it in. They're getting it in. But yeah, no, I, um, I was very excited. I love to see, like, a real display of what would they be doing now? Now we don't have to wonder, right? We were all thinking like, okay, people who really love the show, this is just for diehard fans. If you're just like, you watched in passing and it was whatever, whatever, and you don't really, you know, love the show, yeah. like, then, you, then you don't care. This is not for you. Like if you yeah. just really love the show, this is for people who love the show, who remember all the moments. And so when it opened and they were getting ready to, I think go have brunch. I thought that was so cute because most of their amazing conversations were all like done over brunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just going back to like the people who <laughs> watch Sex in the City passively, I, I want to be very specific. I think that there's two groups of people. There's people who watch the show live as it was happening. And then there are people who kind of got that um, that watered-down version with the commercials. 
Right. So um, I watched it live. It was one of those things that, like, nobody talked to me tonight. Sex in the City is on. Really? Oh, yeah. It was one of those things. They even say it in a Jay-Z and Beyonce song. He said the only time we don't speak is during Sex in the City. <laughs> and they're <probably> <laughs> the song. So like that's when you knew it was like, okay, it's a cultural phenomenon if it's in rap songs because well, we don't have to get into black culture and how we give so much free promotion uh through through songs and stuff like that. But but, but yeah, wait, wait, wait. There Beyonce also did a song called Girl where the whole music video was based off of the opening of Sex and the City and she played Carrie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I just yes. realized that. Oh and my gosh. Eat. And they go eat. <laughs> yeah. I love eating with my friend and talking about sex. Okay. All right. All right. Not too much though. You know me. I don't, I don't want to hear about the liquids. Like, I draw the line at liquids. See, I don't even like that word. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to hear all the deeds. I, I guess I should say, I like talking about dating and dating prospects and that process like we don't have to like that's not brunch discussion that's like 2 a.m we're about to hit yeah, this bar that's after hours that's yeah. after hours i mean okay let me ask you this do you miss samantha after watching the premiere um that's such a controversial question and we're we'll only like it. six minutes into this podcast um <laughs> Here's the thing, um, Kim Cattrall, who plays Samantha Jones, did a phenomenal job. But what I think people do not understand is that this woman is like, now she's um, 62 and she's said repeatedly, 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 that she's in this phase of her life where she wants to try new stuff. And so she said specifically, that her run as Samantha on this um, show was over. So out of respect to her, because I think that she did a phenomenal job and she has earned this respect, I'm just going to say that letting that, laying that character to rest is the best decision for everybody. I wish she would come back, but um, I think that um, they did a really good job of like essentially they replaced her with four four other women so I think that's what I'm more excited about so it's like if Samantha were here it would have been a little too easy to tell this story and I don't think it would have been as good as it currently is if Samantha was a part of it so that's my opinion just based off of what I know Kim Cattrall said and how um she said the interactions were on set like I don't think it would have been like the same show that we saw last week yeah no in the old um the older shows and the last two movies you know Samantha I mean Kim Cattrall did what needed to be done and know? she looked good as hell Oof, she looked, and she good looked as great hell. and you, great. You, you leave the party while it's still going right mm-hmm. so um yeah I do miss her and of course she was the spicier one because she was really having most of the sex mm-hmm. in the show but I do respect uh, her real life you know feelings towards basically she didn't enjoy herself on set I mean she, she said she wasn't treated well she said it was she said she's it's it's work it's work it's not like just showing up and you know you're just having fun like it's work she's she's an actress and then when i think about it it's like okay i'm in my 60s do i still want to do the same stuff that i i'm doing now in my 30s hell no like you she has the money she she has this beautiful life in europe and she's uh i believe she's married or has a partner and she's living her life It's, it's she's like and i know we're uh, I want to be very careful about how I speak about age, but most people retire at like 65. So she specifically said in the interview that I uh, just watched, I think it was with uh, Pierce Morgan, that she approached 60 and she was like, I don't want to keep doing the same stuff. And I think that um, the other three actresses being 10 years younger than her may not have fully understood that because they haven't hit that mark yet. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like that they get into age right away when um, Charlotte is like, you know, Charlotte is always like, this is what you should do. You know, Charlotte is <laughs> Charlotte, Charlotte, but she's uh, suggesting that Miranda color her hair. Um, yeah. Wearing it all gray, which I think women should do if that's what they want to do. I think women. It's not gray, do. though. It's not gray, though. It's ash blonde. It's ash blonde. Or it's, I don't know, silver. I mean, it, it's pretty white. It's almost, it's giving almost like, um, what's that X Men with all the white hair? Storm? Storm, yeah. It's early. Nicole, you didn't know Storm's there. <laughs> I, I had a cup of coffee. <laughs> That's, that's the only Wait, hey, everybody, it's a time difference. Like, I've been up since 3 because <laughs> I'm an uh, early morning, like, get to the gym by 5 a.m. type of person. But I'm on the East Coast. She's on the West Coast. So there's a we time travel to come see each other. So Exactly. From the Bronx to L.A. So I'm getting started and his day's been going for a while. So still waking up, y'all. Sorry about that. But, yeah, it's giving storm. And I like it because they're like modern day superheroes. And, you know, I think, I don't know if she's going to end up dyeing her hair. I think she's going to make a point to keep it gray throughout the show. Yeah, and but I, I just I, wanted to point out that, like, cause people were like, oh, she's gray. And someone in the comments was like, no, 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 that hair is colored. It's ash blonde. Like, it's professionally done. So it's almost like she i like that it's a choice like it's not something that's just happening to her it's something like she's still a sexy new york woman yeah and i mean young people were dyeing their hair gray on purpose remember that mm -hmm. when i mm -hmm. say young i mean like i guess like zeers went through a phase where they were dyeing their hair uh gray so it's just stupid some some man had the nerve to come into my dms and all he wrote was gray hair question mark and i knew he didn't mean it as a uh compliment uh because i have gray hair right barely so it's just so interesting that and this is just heteros or straight people men feel like they actually have a say in how that women look <laughs> and have a say on whether we dye our hair or not like there's nothing in this world that's gonna stop a straight man from trying to stick it in, okay? They're gonna do it whether you have gray hairs or not. So the point of that is almost borderline to try to insult me or to try to humiliate me or make me feel insecure about like age. Shame you. Yeah, trying to shame me is like, yeah, I have gray strands in my hair. I actually went to high school with a girl who had a lot of gray hair. So it's really, a lot of it is hereditary. So anyway, y'all, we went on and on about gray hair, but stop it at this point. Like, <laughs> we're all going to get older. You know, and men are so funny. Like, men be walking around with a Santa Claus belly talking about somebody's gray hair. Like, sir, look down. Like, speaking of getting to the gym, like, uh, we don't, we, that's, for, that's another show for another time about how men show up. But anyway, um, so with the absence of Samantha, this show had an opportunity to be updated for today's diversity norms, just a little bit. And with this first non-binary character, Sarah Ramirez, S.J. Diaz, there's a black woman, Nicole Ari Parker, love her. Uh, black Charlotte. Okay, okay. Uh, and I like that she's also there. She may be the cooler one. She may be the stylish one. I feel like Carrie has a little bit of competition there. Hmm. You know? I don't know. I don't know. Because Carrie's always the center of attention because she's got the best clothes. She's, you know, she's got the cutest apartment. You know, it's all this Carrie centered. So. Well, I think Carrie might have outgrown that. I mean, she obviously is trying to stay relevant. I mean, she's podcasting now, which I like. Because they, they said now it's like it drew attention to women in podcasting. <clears throat> um, and that, uh, you know, because podcasting is a weird thing because everyone has one and people make so many jokes about it about but then everyone's starting one you know yeah, like everyone I, has a podcast and at the same time talking shit about podcasting so part there's, of the reason why i ended my podcast because i was just like everyone has one this market is way too saturated yeah but you can say it about everything like there's enough dentists there's enough surgeons but people are still becoming it anyway so just you know do whatever you want is what i say like i'm 
and I love that people listen, but if they don't, I'll probably still talk. For me, it's more about making a capsule of the things I want to dump out of my brain when it comes to fashion and, and culture and, and things like that. But they said that basically, you know, the evolution of like a journalist, right? And you and I can totally understand this is that traditional media is kind of a wrap like print print is sort of over and if you're not going to be on tv then what else can you do other than becoming a thought leader and how do you become a thought leader well podcasting is part of that so mm-hmm. i like that she's evolving as a journalist um but i, I can't imagine how much you know carrie lives a pretty decent lifestyle and i know that she's married to big and big is rich and all of that but we're gonna get to big in just a minute (laughs) but um you know it doesn't seem like the podcasting is supporting carrie it's not like a job job it seems more like a passion project yeah it's for her to maintain her relevance it's not even really her podcast it's um sarah ramirez's character it's her it seems like she's like the lead host uh carrie is very much replaceable on this podcast it seems so she has to like earn her stay there oh yeah she's made that clear and i love the joke about keeping up with the instagram or like you haven't posted and it's like look posting on instagram is hard for everyone keeping up with posting young or old is a pain in the ass you know so but um getting into big for a second i mean i think i always wanted to see okay they're married what is that life like because big big is problematic yeah he's an asshole right okay season one season one okay so big big was kind of a dick he wasn't always great to carry but you know that's part of the drama and that's what keeps us tuned in every week that and samantha's sex life but um I, i did enjoy seeing them just cooking and playing music and having like a couple ritual especially because um they didn't have children you know i i i was like okay this is a little bit inspiring to finally be married to you know the love of your life you got a routine and then for that to happen that like you know that that moment and and and, and you know the peloton moment and i know everyone <laughs> <has an> opinion. <laughs> i know everyone has an opinion on that um but I'm glad it just seemed like they were having, if just for a moment, a happy marriage and a happy ending, which is what we all always rooted for for Carrie. So before it ended, ended, it was nice to see. Right. Um, um, but yeah, let's, you know, and, and these girls, they're always blaming each other. Like a lot of people blame Miranda for him not showing up for the original wedding. Some people are blaming Lily for, you know, well, not Lily, but so much her her mom for making Carrie go to the show. But like, if you were going to have a heart attack, you were going to have it regardless. And I think this is the part that people can't get a grip on. But Peloton knowing about the product placement, let's let's talk about it. They knew about it, but they didn't know what the storyline was. Is um, is that shady? Was no. the studio shady? No, uh, Michael Patrick King said that the reason why he felt that having that Peloton integration um, was important was because he needed to show that Big, who has all this money, is also very current. Like, he wanted to demonstrate that these two people, you know, over the age of 55, I think... I don't know how old uh, Big is, but he may be a few years older than Carrie. But he wanted to show like a realistic, like all the, all my friends who are doing well are have Pelotons. I mean, everyone I know has a Peloton except for and me. I just don't understand stationary biking. I, if Nicole, if I ever see a Peloton in your house, I'm burning the whole house down. Okay. Why? I do not. <laughs> I... I I was a certified spin instructor <laughs> for so well, many that's years. The thing. Well, spin. I is just. Not my thing. I don't I, spin like. I I do not under like I like you have to take that class in person. In my perfect opinion, like I just I 
cannot understand the concept of getting on a stationary bike and interacting with the screen. Like, it's just too close to the Matrix for me. Also, I don't like how the bikes feel. I think Schwinn is the far superior bike. And that is, that is, that is my TED talk. You know, the thing about Peloton, separate from the show, I heard that it hurts your bruja. Like, it's hard on the vagina. <laughs> so, so that right there, I already didn't like spin. And I, I, I also, I, I love the part about the instructor because instructors, um, Soul Cycle or Peloton, they're, they're intense. And I feel like they do, they have a fun way of pushing you, but they do push you. And I would argue to that, Big is probably 60. You know, his char- at least mm-hmm. his character. He's always older than Carrie, you know? Mm-hmm. Like almost like giving sugar, sugar daddy vibes. Uh uh-uh, uh, no. Well, don't you no, think? No, because if if no, they were age appropriate. I mean, I'm just saying. I don't think he was her peer. He was older. You know, I, he was older, way more established, and she was like younger and trying to, you know, what I'm saying, build a career and all this other I, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, he was I at think, a different place. I think he was Samantha's peer. Like, I don't think he was older than Samantha. Oh. Okay, so Samantha's about 60, so that makes sense. Yeah, so I that's why I'm saying, like, I don't think it was a sugar daddy thing. And then also there's this, like, notion that you can't move to New York and be a writer and have clothes and live. Like, no, I did that. Like, I, I, I work as a writer in the city. Like, it's very plausible. You just have to have talent. So, I just want to defend the bud. So, I just want, in defense of Carrie, like, she's not the type that needed a sugar daddy, but she was a woman of a certain status. And, you know, there's an attraction to someone that's doing slightly better than you, or that has, like, you know, he had the security um, and the, the intelligence, because she was also very bad with money. Oh, that's right. Carrie was bad with money. She was the lady that lived in her shoes. She had like $600,000 worth of shoes and couldn't afford to buy her her apartment. That's Remember. true. That's so. true. That's true. Um, but, okay. Back to the instructor. Do you, did you think that it was weird that it made it seem like he gets turned on by Peloton instructors? I don't think that that was a thing. I don't. I think they were joking about that. I don't think he was turned on by her. I think he was just like, okay, I'm gonna do my routine, hop on this bike. I have an instructor that I like. Well, and usually people like the instructors because the the way that they present, and then also um, the music that they play and the type of format that they do on the ride of the bike. It. Like, you might have, like, a slight crush on them, but I don't think uh, Big was like, okay, I'm gonna, uh, this is the chick that I need to see every day. Like, I don't think it was that type of thing, so. Okay, so do you think that they slandered Peloton? Because it goes into the second episode where they're like, I t- he should have never gotten that bike. I never liked that bike. There's a lot of Peloton slander. Do you think that they have a right to clap back in the way that they did with Ryan Reynolds and uh, Chris Knopf and the instructor. I thought it was a cool clap back. I thought it was clever because their stock did tumble about 11%. That's, I don't think that counts as a clap back if the person that died on the bike is being featured in the ad. I feel like they were, they're all in cahoots. Like, I, I feel like it's a win for both sides. Do they have a right to be upset about it also can we just talk about how iqs are at an all-time low in america and everything you see everyone's so (laughs) deep into their shows and and it's like it's not real like we all know there's a fake show right is that clear like i just don't understand how why people invested in a fake you know storyline I choose to not acknowledge that people thought that the actual actor was dead. I, I just don't think, I, I refuse to believe that people are that dumb. I refuse. Mm, I mean, I think I can see both sides. I, I feel like they were blindsided by the storyline. Um, obviously, 
someone to have a heart attack at any moment. Um, and apparently this was his thousandth ride. So, I mean, <laughs> it's not like he bought it and then he wasn't in shape. You know, I mean, he led a, he led a healthy lifestyle until his character. Yeah, but if anybody's... Died. If anyone needs to be questioned, it's not Peloton, it's not big self choices, it's gonna be Carrie. Why didn't you call 911? I, I that was him. strange. That was strange. She wanted that money, she wanted that money, she wanted that closet to herself. Mm-hmm. She, she wanted, you know, how many seasons she tried to get big? <laughs> I don't think she, I think she had enough. I think she had enough money and clothes. I think she wanted her husband. I think an attorney was like, hey, you know, if something happens to big, you know how much money you get, right? She's like, okay, bet. I'm about to leave this music show right now. Um, <laughs> how do you think that the show, first of all, I like the styling of everyone. Like everyone is relatable. That's exactly how I expect Miranda to look. That's exactly how I expect Carrie to dress. And that's exactly how I expect Charlotte to dress. Like mm-hmm. everyone is in their character. Um, I don't know if Patricia Field is um, the main uh, wardrobe or costumer on the show, but I think there's definitely two costumers that worked on either the movies or the tail end of the um the series before it ended so they they they, they are good at bringing back the same people so that we can get the same feel but how do you think they're dealing with race like there's non you know non-binary person there's a black woman are they throwing it arbitrarily or are they like are they trying too hard like that scene with miranda and the teacher and all of that well, uh, going back to the styling, I hate the two um, gay characters, the two men. I I, I, I can't relate to them. I don't get it. I, I never, like I got, I I understand uh, Carrie's best friend, the, the Balder guy, the bald yeah. guy. Yeah, and may he rest in peace, Willie Carson right. passed I, in September. Um, unexpectedly so he only did the two episodes and that and that's really sad no that's all right he's in three episodes he's in three episodes oh he's in three okay yeah okay okay so that was that was horrible because that's the best friend you know right now we don't have samantha or stanford or big so i like i actually like him but when they had him marry the other guy i really don't like is his name mario Cantone? i cannot stand yeah him. or anthony yeah he plays anthony okay. and i think that's that was charlotte's so you thought it was like a little unrealistic that the two friends who have gay friends the gay friends marry thought that was like forced very forced and also that's not how new york um it, it like the each character is supposed to represent like a, a character type a character type okay. and I feel like with these two it was like I'm just shocked that it, it's almost like there's nothing there they're so two dimensional they're, they're there to be gay <laughs> they are there to be gay I it's, mean you gotta understand they're accessories I just don't like that they're accessories there's no depth also I think Anthony's like way too mean like I don't like mean gays they definitely exist and I and, and also a little bit of that as a cliche too I think he was a stylist you know um I don't know it was it, I, I hear what you're saying it's like the, the only two gay characters in the show let's have them get married but also can I also just say this really quick I just also like you know I'm 36 I'll be 37 in July um I'm a cancer um What's your <laughs> <laughs> That's another podcast. Um, For another time. I'm a I feel like the women, you have so much to pick from in terms of like these aspirational characters. But for me, I don't like I leaning more towards like Carrie. I don't I can't look at these two. I've never been able to look at these two characters and say, oh my gosh, this is me, or this is who I want to be. Like, I don't want to grow up to be that. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, I, you know what I'm saying? It's like, the, it was like from a style point, like I hated what they were wearing. I hate it. Like, 
Like, I felt like the women looked very modern, but for some reason, the two gay dudes looked very, very dated, like from the 1990s, like did not bother shopping for clothes after the year 2003. Stanford looked on brand. He always wore like a lot of color. Very frumpy. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, I, I, I mean, I, okay, are they going to kill off his character too? That would be so sad. What, what do you think they're going to do? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because also, he's an accessory, so they also can just, like... Write him out? Yeah. Yeah. Like, he wasn't very important to the story. Like, like they really... It was almost like... They, they're kind of treated like purses. Like, the outfit's there, and then they just, like, grab the purse to complete the outfit. Like, it... Like, it just... Like, these aren't, like... I, I yeah. wouldn't, I feel like we spent too much time talking about them because they're like not even that relevant to the story. Like there's also, we have to like, when Sex and City first came out, you know, this was before uh, a lot of the uh, progressive movement for like gay rights and trans rights and things like that. So it made sense for these two characters to exist back then. But now that everyone's a little bit more educated about LGBTQT, um, especially in New York, it just seems weird that here you have like Charlotte, Carrie, and Miranda, they look great. They look like they're taking care of themselves. And then you have these two dudes and they're just like not so they, they're put together. So they weren't involved. They didn't evolve. Exactly. Like they are not involved. They don't, it's not realistic. It's just not, it, the thing that made so when I say that like I moved to New York because of Sex and City is because when I was watching the show, I saw Carrie and you know I saw Charlotte and Marin. like you saw these people in the city and when I came to New York, I was able to say, oh, this is the very similar to what I saw on the show. And now that I'm in my mid thirties, living my best version of whatever I thought Carrie was to me, if I translate that into being a gay man, it does not look like those two dudes, if this makes sense. I know what you're saying. Um, and, and do you think with them being older, does that, does, is that a factor? And you have to realize too, that like just throwing in diversity, like a sprinkle, a little dash of diversity, whether that meant like gay or black or Latinx or what have you back in the day was supposed to be like enough. Cause remember it was sex in the city. We never heard about any gay sex. Right, so no, Samantha was a lesbian. That well, okay. I, I hear the the women were centered, and everyone has always been more comfortable with like, oh, two chicks should make out. You know, that's right. still from a very like cis hetero point of view. Like it's okay for two chicks to, you know, be fluid, uh, right? But not, but not men. So it was right. like they're gay, but you will never like see them having sex with each other. Right, like they treat them like cartoons and also it's like I, I, like you wouldn't want to it sounds so mean but it's like you wouldn't want to see these two have sex and that is what bothers me the most it's like when you're like just how you were talking about how carrie and big it was nice to see how they were interacting with each other as a married couple like it makes sense to me that they would be, you know, all over each other and they have like great sex and stuff like that. I, don't, I wouldn't like shy away from that, but you're trying to convince me that these two men who seem to have nothing in common, that constantly argue, they're not handsome. Like, do you know what I'm saying? It's just like, it, it doesn't make sense to me. I hear what you're saying. They didn't really evolve and that's that's disappointing, but, but you know, there's still more episodes. There's still more episodes. And, and just for me, I probably mentioned mentioned this to you before, but um, okay, Charlotte's first daughter is Asian. And, and adopted. And adopted. And she's an amazing um, prodigy pianist, right? Mm-hmm. But before that, and this is just me, and, and I put this stress on myself that whenever I read everything I'm doing, things I watch, any kind of media I digest, it's like, what does this say about race, gender, and class? Because everything is about race, gender, and class. So mm-hmm. when I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay, 
the daughter is doing amazing. She's like, you know, advanced on the piano. She's killing it. You know, um, she's so smart. She's so this. You know, right before that, you had the black woman's character's son uh, at the recital not doing well. And I don't know. I just think if there was someone or more black people in the writing room, this would not have been written this way. And people could say, hey, you're oversensitive and whatever, whatever. Then when we talk about the movement of Stop Asian Hate, one of the main things they they complained about, they as a collective, what I was hearing was we are tired of being the model minority, the genius, the, you know, polite and um, I don't know quiet and follows the rules and you know they're, they're sick of being considered the model minority that makes that's an A type that makes straight A's that mm-hmm. you know becomes a doctor or engineer you know mm-hmm. or a lawyer um, but I, I really I, I just don't think that there's space for a black child if you're going to include because you know from being in TV every scene like the mm-hmm. editing every scene matters mm-hmm. and having a black boy in comparison to the asian child not do well on the piano and it be a source of a joke um i don't know i thought just thought it was problematic oh uh, i didn't i i don't agree with you there um i think they set that up pretty nicely I think um I mean but also I this is I I feel like I'm coming from it uh from a different angle because I actually thought that that scene was done uh very well but also they had already set up uh uh Nicole Ari Parker's character as sort of like this goddess as sort of like someone that Charlotte was aspiring to be like um and I feel like if the only flaw with her character is that her son like her son had just started playing the piano and I don't know I just I I I, I feel like I just think that it starts so early the way we come into the world and then right away when you're in school they are already programming you to be less grooming you to be less even if you do show early intelligence it's always downplayed and it's Mm -hmm. so easy to put black kids in like um oh well you need special learning classes or you need more detention you know what i mean so i i just don't think that it could it, it I think it's a very subtle nuanced thing I don't think it was deliberate like black kids are dumb I don't think it was deliberately done that way right but if someone had some had there been like a black writer in the room said hey uh let me flag this this doesn't look right like I feel like this might offend some people um because they didn't have to set that up I get what you're saying yeah, because it follows Black people through your whole life that you're inadequate, right? So it starts in school, and then, you know, if your confidence wasn't already there, or, like, if you didn't, if you struggled with your self-esteem, educators can make this worse, you know? And then that leads to high school, and it follows follows you through college, because a lot of it sometimes is, like, mindset. People already view... Asian kids as prodigies on site and as well as and then that leads up to work right so if they're the best and they're encouraged to be the best even a C student who's Asian will aspire to then like make these you know it's hard it's it's an uphill battle when people are telling you you ain't shit from like the jump well I don't think I just I don't think it was uh you ain't this kid isn't shit I don't think it was that. I they they said that the kid had literally just started. Like it was like they were tr- the only reason why the kid was there is because uh Nicole Ari Parker's uh mother-in-law is 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 crazy. 
Right, right, right. I I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. I just and I, like, uh, but also I want. I'm sorry. I just want to give props to that kid because he played like he played that he he the when he was like sitting in the chair and like scooting in, scooting out. Like that whole like scene I thought was well done. Um, I didn't even think about the the race thing until you brought it up. Um, but I. It, it's tricky because when you're an actor, you really just want to be able to play the character and not have to do a lot of labor in terms of trying to protect the character. And I just felt like this is an affluent family. And also, there's a significant age difference between this young boy and Charlotte's kid. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like he walked in. He was kind of like, I, like it was just like. That's true. That's true. She, and also, she was like, he, I have to get him off of the video games and force him to play the piano. And that was the, that's what happened. So I didn't even. It made sense to me in my head. Like I, I just don't. I don't. I also, I don't think that I feel like. We need to like trust Nicole Ari Parker that she's making sure that she's holding it down for. Um, African Americans, and she's not even like it, there's two African American um, main characters now. That there's her, and then there's also uh, Miranda's teacher. Yes, yeah. And Which I love, I love and, that because it's an intellectual space. So you know, I'm feeling that. And it's two different ends of the spectrum. You have someone that's very fancy and affluent, and you know, is living this like lo- high in life, and then you have someone on the other side of that that's still doing well it's still a prominent figure in the city as like a you know an educator at, at columbia but it's not she's not high society it's, it's, you get what i'm saying it's like there i feel like i'm very excited to see where those two characters end up oh i'm definitely committed i mean you and i are gonna do this again <laughs> maybe we should do it after every two episodes but i just was like it's just, it's, like I said, it's very subtle. And if I was the person like being paid to flag these things, like you said, I would just hope that there was a conversation around it because we still struggle to get um, variety in the roles that Black people accept. You know, we're mm-hmm. still a little bit typecast. Um, and it's okay to show Black kids as nerds and awkward and geniuses and all of that i would love to see more of that because we have the urban you know the shy and ghost and power and bmf and you know we just always have like urban things and it's just we need to get comfortable with black kids also being nerds and geniuses you know what i mean so you know that's but, but I hear what you're saying he's like young and he just started and that the sense of him being a novice yes that scene was on point for a novice child pianist um and then you know like you said there was a lot of discussion on YouTube uh where people like I don't like it there wasn't a lot of sex well I mean what? At, as you get that- older doesn't doesn't sex I mean doesn't sex change the frequency of sex change as you get married as you get older not necessarily, but like, if you want to look at sex, you just go to Google and find it. Like, why do we have to put sex in everything? Like, that's not the premise of the show. The show is about relationships and uh, starting new chapters and friendships and how you're relating to different people. And now we're we have this exciting time where it's like, okay, now we have Sarah Ramirez's character that's. Uh, well, I don't even know how she labels herself. She's just non-binary. Non-binary. Like the fact that the show Sex of the City has a non-binary character and it's not viewed as something that's weird or something that Carrie has to investigate. Because remember, in Sex in the City, the original show, like she was trying to figure out like why do lesbians do this? Why do gays do this? And she was very limited in uh what she knew which is part of the reason why she was inspired to write this column because she wanted to write about these different aspects about life now all this all of her like we're in a time where she's discovered all of it all of it's now normal it's normal 
So yeah, yeah, I remember the old episode. You remember the episode when they did spin the bottle and it was like so much hoopla around Carrie kissing a woman because it, you know, the bottle fell on the woman when she was trying to date the younger guy and she went to that house party. Mm-hmm. Uh, now that stuff is like so silly, you know. Um, but yeah, I wonder if the podcast, I, I can't tell in the show what the podcast is about, but it would make sense that Carrie just extends her sex column into like this new medium now. So hopefully the chats will get a little bit um, spicier. But yeah, I, I mean, I loved it. I'm, I'm, I'm locked in. I can't wait to the other episodes. I love the evolution too of all the looks like oversized blazers and they have her flower brooch and even the wedding shoes uh, make an appearance and all of these things are, you know, just little markers for the people who have followed the show for so long. Tools but for, Nicole, like, you know, say it again. Uh, what I love is that they, she's always re-wearing the same stuff. Like she has a closet that she treats like a library and she actually, like you could see her wearing things from the movie, wearing things from other episodes of, uh, for previous episodes of Sex and the City. Like she has an actual closet that she curates. Yeah, she has a, she has a uniform almost. And I think we're going to see some other versions of Carrie because it was pretty sexy before like a lot of midriffs and all of this so um I I don't like the way that women give up also after a certain age like you can have as much fun with your look if you just remain curious about yourself Mm -hmm. um but yeah like I've even been told I think I was even when I was 35 you know I remember someone saying to me like oh you know you're gonna have to at some point stop wearing mini skirts and I'm like well I'm like five feet tall like (laughs) mini skirts (laughs) mini skirts extend my legs like I'm not about to wear a full skirt I'll look like a troll right (laughs) hi guys (laughs) you know what I'm saying like I need to wear like things that are proportionate to my body and I mean while my body is not the same as 21 like my body you know I'm not trying to gas myself up but I can Mm -hmm. wear both things right yeah exactly like for the record I can wear both things and there's nothing Mm -hmm. wrong with my legs so I'm gonna wear a mini skirt that's what I want to do but I I I do like that they're showing her uniform it's kind of like even like Carl Lagerfeld right like he wore Mm -hmm. the same we expect him to see him in uh a white shirt and a black jacket with leather gloves and sunglasses like mm-hmm. these things um are about signature looks and signature style so um but I, bit the, had the big tool skirt on for the uh the funeral so it was kind of a throwback to like you know like the tool skirt is one of her her memorable looks and i love that she has accessories and she's like like she evolves her fashion like on a daily basis like she like when she was waiting for the elevator and um she got compliment on her gloves and she's like yeah i just tried this thing out and now i'm gonna it's my new thing like she she's playful i i just love that about her yeah that was me too i was wearing gloves and i was thinking that too i was like should i just get a bunch of gloves since i don't want to touch anything because i already wasn't touching handles <laughs> everything is everyone is disgusting um, wash your hands. I, I see you all in the bathroom not washing your hands. It's still a pandemic. Please keep washing your hands. But yes, I did love it. She's like, okay, well, if gloves is a thing, uh, I'm gonna make it cute. Exactly. And she's always gonna make something cute. I always, I always love that uh, about Carrie. And I think um, don't lose that just because you're older. You know, if mm-hmm. you're out there, like you can do whatever you want. <laughs> like seriously, like women, do whatever you want, wear whatever you want. And I loved the Oscar de Laurenta dresses. I loved them. I even loved how Charlotte's younger daughter wore her dress with the tuxedo shirt and the hat. Yes. Like I just and then I loved the moment when Carrie looked at it. I was like, oh, I like your outfit. Cause I'm like, Carrie, you would wear that. Like Oh yeah, the one that's more weird with the hat. Right. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, they're allowing these characters to exist and be whatever they are, as opposed to um forcing them into boxes and that's you know that's going to be a challenge for them because they're going to have to figure out how to make them 
as human as possible uh, so that we don't get lost, so that we're allowed to get lost in the story and we're not distracted by how different they are compared to what we're used to. I do like that Miranda, um, they say that Miranda is the most relatable character now uh, because she's just awkward and she's like, I'm leaving my hair gray. Like, you know, I think for women of that age, you get to a I don't give a fuck kind of space. Um, but yeah, her <laughs> trying to like be an ally to her black professor, like that's so many white women in America right now. And they right. don't know what to do and they don't know what to say, but they're, they are they mean well, you know. So I'd love to see how that relationship evolves and Miranda's, because, yeah. I'm sorry, Miranda might be an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> she had a drink in her hand every scene. Like what? <laughs> Oh, did she? She okay. She needed a drink before she went to class. She had a drink at the recital. They oh, kept telling. Are setting it up for maybe she drinks a little too much. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're right. You're right. She had a remember. She ordered. I think she ordered a Chablis, and she was like, "Actually, do you have whiskey?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very American. That's mm-hmm. pretty on brand for America. Also, I still think Steve is hot. Oh my god, daddy vibes. Oh, you think he's cute? Oh my god, Steve is so cute. I love his accent. I love a very strong New York slash New Jersey accent. He's losing his hearing, which I think is adorable. And then yeah, like they really they start, and they're also acting like an old couple, even though they're not that old. Like I don't view them. I don't view people in their fifties as old. Oh no! I mean that's different. I mean we've kind of figured out like diet and supplements and exercise and you know stress mm-hmm. management not all the way but people are taking better care of themselves i mean if you were 35 in the 50s you were you know you were over the hill you were you were like okay i got about 20 more years and then it's a wrap like grandmothers used to be um old you know but mm-hmm. now people are like getting certified to be a yoga instructor at 60 so i don't know i can't wait to see where it goes and do we think that they're setting they did glance there was a little part where they showed the producer of the podcast it was kind of a cute dude oh he was hot too he's hot yeah so i think they're setting it up for maybe like carrie to like date him i mean are we ready for carrie to have a new man yep bye big (laughs) the big chapter is over the big chapter, except for Peloton. Hopefully, they don't do any more commercials because you, you made your point. Now move on. Yeah, I don't. I again, I don't want to see. Like no, like and also, if you have a Peloton and you have not been on that Peloton, <sighs> make some changes in your life. Like I think people are gonna stop riding them, but maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. You do know what you're talking about because do you? If you ever been that over to like someone's like an elder, like hey, like in the 90s or 2000s you go over to like your grandparents house or uh uncle or aunt's house and you see the gym equipment but they have laundry all over it like they bought it but they never used it like the nordic track and stuff like that nordic track or like Not the nordic track did you just say that yeah or the cheap track <laughs> like that's what peloton is it's the remanufacturing of that which is why i'm so against it it's a two thousand dollar bike it's a three thousand dollar bike i think wait what i think it's three grand the point is the point is i'd rather put that towards a new sofa but you know please buy a each is on (laughs) no or if you but also what kills me about the i'm sorry to like keep going in on this but it's like the peloton is useless if you don't have a subscription and that's the thing that like really bothers me it's just like it's that you we've had conversations about this it's like when you make something designed to like need to be replaced oh oh my pet peeve you mean planned obsolescence yes hate that with a passion stop what what do you do when the bike starts falling apart what do you do when that monitor companies like this especially dtc companies direct to consumer i think they are and I hate to say his dumbass name, but you know, like Tesla, 
Mr. Musk. He already had a recycling program in place before he even went to production with the cars. Mm -hmm. So when you turn it in or you, you know, eventually it ends up, the battery ends up recycled, the parts end up recycled. So Mm -hmm. I imagine, I would hope that Peloton has something in place to either upgrade the bikes or recycle the parts because we don't need more shit in the landfill. But it's a mass. It's it's not a car though. Do you get what I'm saying? It's like it's, I it's know just, it's not a car. It's, it's a bike. so weird. It's just so weird because <laughs> it's like for the pandemic, I, it makes sense. For the pandemic, it makes sense. But I don't know. I just I feel like the way that's one of the reasons why I don't really work in fitness anymore. It's just that. It, people get so insecure about their bodies and literally you're just selling people things that they don't really need. I think it's good for the introvert and the germaphobe like moi because I actually consider the mirror because I, all I do is work out to YouTube fitness influencers mm-hmm. every day, all day. I have my favorites mm-hmm. and it also helps me decolonize my workout because you know mm-hmm. all yoga instructors are, are white ladies. That's just the fact of the matter. And so I'm like, look, let me try to be purposeful and like intentionally find women of color mm-hmm. or people of color to work out to and so I do like that aspect of it that there's diversity in instructors now because he, as, as a fitness instructor you know that it was very white centered like it still is I mean I got in trouble for playing right, rap music in like exactly. 2006 and then now it's like I, I can't even go to classes now because they don't even censor the music anymore but um, I but like I don't even think you should get mirror. I think you should keep supporting the YouTubers and you have your setup and you're doing it. Um, like the mirror is just gonna be. I, I mean, I know you would make it look cute, but it. And also, I don't like how these companies treat uh, instructors too. So there's that that's a whole other that's a whole other thing about exploitation right Uh, and it's or taking advantage of the gig like the gig economy or freelancers yeah it's like if you have the money for two like i I, this is what i was to say to someone that wants a setup similar to peloton but kind of wants to do it smart what i would do is i would get a schwinn the new Schwins that are out have uh, mounts where you can put your iPad. And the reason why, I, I, it's like if you have an iPad, you, it, like you literally control your own destination. And so you can go to YouTube. There are YouTubers that have um, cycling uh, classes and things like that, and then just pay them directly. Like you know, they they'll have a setup where you can donate money. Um, and they use that money to create better content. And so you're not tied to this corporate thing. There's no subscription. When you're done, you're done. And then also you can resell your Schwinn. Like your Schwinn is a is a bike that can be used. <laughs> Somebody, Schwinn must have bought a badge from you or something. <laughs> no, I just, no, I've just, I've been teaching on a Schwinn for since uh, 2004. Like it's, a, it's, the reason why I like the Schwinn bike, and this isn't an ad or anything like that, is it's the only bike that where you actually feel like you're on a real bike on a road. And I don't know how they design it, but it feels like you're on a real bike and you're on the ground. I don't like floating on a cloud with like air pump resistance. It, it feels weird to me and I don't like it. I don't like sprinting on that. I don't like doing hill climbs on that. It's not. It, 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 it ruins it because the whole idea around doing cycling classes is that you know you're kind of pretending like you're preparing for like the tour de france and all this other stuff it's like please bypass me with all the gimmicks i'm not into that like you can resell your schwinn um if you have a peloton like the whole thing with the peloton is that it's useless without a subscription so uh, think you. about that as you invest can I ask you a question? Sure. When is the next Just Like That coming on? Tomorrow. Okay, okay. So we're gonna watch it tomorrow and we're gonna reconvene and I think it's gonna pick up. I feel like it's gonna get spicier as it goes along. 
because how could it not? People are tuning in to see the evolution of these wonderful characters. Um, and I wonder how many episodes it is. And do you know if there's going to be multiple seasons or they're just testing it out? Um, it's going to be on for 10 episodes. There's probably definitely going to be um, a second season. Probably. It. I think yes. the show is well done. I think it's so well done. And I I saw some of the negative reviews. I went on YouTube and I saw some people talking about it. But based off of how they were dressed and their viewer count, I, I, I found them to be kind of irrelevant. So... Um, Everyone's an expert. You, there's a word for that. Um, I just learned Kruger. Pearl? The Kruger effect. No, the Kruger. The Kruger effect. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me know that that's the Kruger effect. We're living in a literal overabundance of knowledge and opinions. It's so much noise. It's noisy out there. It's very noisy. Um. I'm glad you and I are talking about it, people who watched it when it was originally on and not just trying to catch up on the streams, uh, because I don't think you could judge it appropriately if you didn't watch every damn episode and the two movies. But um, I look forward to what happens next on Just Like That. Any final thoughts, Quentin, from the Bronx? Um, I just want to correct myself. It's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. It is when people talk about stuff that they think they're experts on and they actually don't know what the hell they're talking about. So, there's that. Well, I'm just like that. And just <laughs> like that. And I'm going to do my best, just like that, to, if I don't know about the topic, I tend to do a ton of research on it. So... We're here to bring the straight facts. We're not saying we're an expert. We are saying that we're still journalists at the end of the day. Thank you so much for being here today, Quentin. And Thank you for having me. And until next time, as always, peace. You have to wear something. You do. <laughs> <laughs>